your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. When you're in the supermarket, you're looking really for perfection in our fruit and vegetables. Uh, But there isn't much conformity in nature with everything from bent carrots to conjoined strawberries a common occurrence. In a world where 25% of our food goes to waste, is it time that we re-evaluated our attitude towards imperfect produce? Joining me to discuss this is Anne Maher, Managing Director of the Urban Co-op in Limerick and Kevin Wallace of New Leaf Urban Farmers. And now, the the wonky vegetable. Um, I... I have to admit, I don't like them. Well, I don't like um, the the carrots that are out of shape and the strawberries that are four together instead of just one or whatever. Is it that you don't like the look of them? Yeah, of course, I don't like the, they're not aesthetically like pleasing to me. <laughs> well, um, obviously, Joe, you like to live in a perfect world. Oh, I do. Yes, uh, you do. You do. You mean um, I don't? <laughs> No, I'd like us to, it's interesting about the whole concept of wonky veg because we use the term wonky as if it's, you know, the word wonky suggests something is wrong. But in actual fact, maybe we should just turn the phrase around to being real veg because we have trained ourselves to accept perfection or expect perfection. So in a way, we have to retrain ourselves to uh, realize that actually this is how vegetables and fruit, fruits are. And... Um, uh, you know, it's it's it is a retraining, I guess, rather than um, you know having to, I suppose, underperform for ourselves, where we have to you know get the the fruit and vegetables that are somehow not up to standard um, in our minds. But you know, it's it's the question about, I suppose, the whole food waste discussion that's there. Um, by tackling that, we'll solve an awful lot of problems in terms of, of how we manage our resources. But, um, you know, accepting that actually not not all fruit and veg is perfect. What right. we've been allowed to see for many, many years is this perfection. And we have come to expect it as being normal, yeah. when in actual fact it's not normal. Yeah, and Kevin Wallace, I mean, as an organic farmer, I presume wonky veg is where you live almost. Um, to a certain degree, um, we're small scale, so we have a, if you're, if you're, if you're producing on a larger scale, you're going to have more wonky veg because you'll have more variables, but on a smaller scale, um, you tend not to have so many wonky veg per se. Will you have, um, oversized or undersized? Yes. Um, that's just a common occurrence because you'll have variances across, um, the growth patterns of the plant. Um, I don't see any problems with it myself. I think most people don't either. I think we've just been, um, I suppose, the supermarkets are kind of to blame for that, really, in essence. Um, they demand from their producers to have vegetables looking a certain size, a certain colour, a certain sheen. Um, and that's problematic because that's all people see when they go into the supermarket. They see this perfect veg, but they don't see the other 20, 30, 40% of the veg that's thrown away because they can't, uh, farmers can't sell it. And not only that, but it's, it's putting huge pressure on the farmers um, to try and get rid of that, per se, waste. And also as well to try and sell veg as, as cheaply as possible to the supermarkets. That's another fundamental problem but, we have. But is it not human nature to be attracted to beauty? You know, be that beautiful people... Uh, 
our beautiful vegetables. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but that's also marketing. That? Um, we're told yeah, yeah. we're told to be like that. So Are marketing really is, is a see, big problem. See, I, I often wonder about this. You know, is this not the chicken and egg situation where, you know, which came first? Our desire for beauty and marketing it or marketing beauty and then a desire for it? I don't think there's that much of a difference between um, what you consider. Actually, hold on a second here. There aren't that much wonky veg per se. It's that's a misnomer, really. Um, I don't know what you really mean by that. Do you mean like a carrot where like that's forked or has three kind of roots going out of it? Um, that's that's quite a rare occurrence in, in most agricultural systems. And the the, the, the problem really is the size. That's yeah. the problem. So if you've got a potato, but wait that's a second. No, you, you, you sorry, you, you avoided my question though about which came first. You know, I mean, is 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 our desire for beauty there anyway? And marketing just exploits it. Well, no. Look, if you think about Limerick, my, my, my parents are from Limerick, so you used to go onto the market. They go into the shops or do the messages every second day. So you go into your green grocer, you go into your butcher, and you get a cut of meat or you get your vegetables. The vegetables were were considered fine. It it didn't matter because people knew about food. They knew how to prepare it. They know how it looked in its natural state. It's the advent of supermarkets and this idea and the quest for perfection because they're all in competition with each other. So the person, so the supermarket that has the best looking veg is obviously going to win and it's going to have a competitive advantage over others. So that's that's where it really kind of in essence came from. So if you take that within a generation or two, we've lost that generational knowledge, especially with the advent of of processed food and highly processed food, uh, pairing it all back to where our grandparents um, were taking veg. They didn't care if it was wonky or not. They knew it was just good, it was good quality because they knew the provenance of the food. Right, yeah. There's a big difference here. And, and, and sorry, you were trying to get in there in the background. No, I, I totally agree with Kevin. I think the supermarkets have, they've homogenized um, the the fruit and vegetable market into such a way that they've, that people only may have grown up and seen that that is actually the shape of a carrot, that is actually the, the, the colour of an apple, etc. And um, look, in an era when we are expected to embrace diversity, I think we have to extend it to the fruit and veg as well. Right. But So in your place, for example, in the urban co-op, you know, do you have, um, have vegetables that are not uniform? We have very diverse fruit and veg. Yes, of course we do. Like, they're, they're real. They're real, but people and, and, do and, like and explain that. to me what that me- means. You know, to go back to um, Kevin's point, there. You know, is it is it sort of bent carrots or you know cauliflowers that are misshapen or what? No, I mean they are generally uniform, but you will have the odd version that is an odd shape. But in say, and are they are they bought? Or are they left yes, last? They are. Yes, they are. Yes, they're they not. Are. They're not left. You're not telling me now that it's the last one left. The poor cauliflower that looks a bit misshapen, looking up at you at the end of the day, go, "Why wasn't I bought?" Um, I, you know, sometimes <laughs> when vegetables can come in, they can be unusual shapes and they can cause a little bit of controversy. Um, and often they're a talking point, but we use that um, as an opportunity to discuss the importance of the the differences in in the vegetables yes, honestly it's 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 like talking to two politicians here so you're 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 saying it does happen then the misshapen cauliflower is left behind at times well we would have misshapen all we would have perfectly fine vegetables left behind at times it depends on on the week-to-week thing but at the same time like the type of customers i guess that we have understand that vegetables and fruits come in in you know they they vary 
Um, and a lot of people are getting more and more informed about you know, the reality of, of where our fruit and veg are coming from. And, um, you know, it is, again, as Kevin said, uh, the supermarkets have changed the dynamic for fruit and veg growers. And uh, what we're trying to do over the last few years is really bring people back to the way it was in our grandparents' time where, you know, food was food. Stay with us both of you It's an interesting conversation this morning Anne Maher, I'm the Managing Director of the Urban Co-op in Limerick and Kevin Wallace of New Leaf Urban Farmers both with me now and uh, Kevin, I mean, I, I know I got caught myself this morning at home because I was taking an apple for lunch and I swapped it for another apple and was that, what are you doing? Um, I'm, I'm swapping it for another apple. Why? Why? I don't like the look of that apple or the way it's looking at me. It, it has blemishes. And I was told pretty short order, take the other apple. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. And when it's in your gob, sure, what's it going to look like anyway? And and that's really the point of it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's also about education. Um, it's, it's how, I suppose, our generation has been... Um, marketed to the hilt and we believe that um, something that looks we buy what we, we see with our eyes we buy with our eyes um, if you want the next generation to to change food habits you have to tackle them in schools especially secondary schools and with, especially with home economics because we, we there's a dearth of knowledge there and there's kids coming out of school now and they're going to university or they go to college or they're going into jobs and they're living away from home and they don't know how to prepare food they don't know how to go into the supermarket have a budget spend out on food, bring those ingredients back home and make food from scratch at home. And that's that's where food education comes in. That's when you look at wonky veg and once you understand how to use a vegetable or a piece of meat or so whatever, or fruit for that matter, um, you, you know then that it actually tastes absolutely fine and there's no difference whatsoever. And, and you have um, experience in Korea, do you? I do, yes, yes. Um, in Asia, I spent about six years in Asia. Right. Thailand, so, Vietnam. And so, so do they South look Korea. at things differently? Completely. They use everything. It doesn't matter. They'll go down to, they use, they use every, there's no waste. There's no waste whatsoever. You, you can't because there's no social welfare system in a lot of these countries. So you, if you don't work, you die. It's as simple as that. So food is really, really important. Um, recycling everything and using the waste. So if you've got rice from leftover from the night before, you use that again for breakfast. Um, everything is used. Just, uh, literally, there's no waste. Right. Uh, in uh, Ireland, it's different. Uh, and from, from your perspective, uh, you know, is wonky veg cheaper than, you know, to, is it easier to get for the urban co-op and then can it be sold more cheaply? No, um, we we don't sell our vegetables um, cheaply. Uh, what we've said is that, you know, th- these foods, as Kevin knows as well, there's a lot of work in growing them and they should be valued accordingly. And it doesn't matter whether they are not exactly as your idea of perfection or or not. Um, Again, you know, in terms of food waste, and we've had the luxury, I guess, over the years of having so much food waste, um, going through Celtic Tiger years, etc. And, um, you know, they they would estimate, say, that about 14% of uh, fruit and veg is, is wasted, you know, worldwide. And that's an enormous amount of resources that need to be brought back into the system and for people to value it. I do take the point about it coming in through education. Absolutely. And um, as a former home economics teacher myself, 
I think in a way it's nearly too late to come into secondary school, but uh, it is better than nothing for sure. I, I do think, though, um, I suppose for a lot of children who their only exposure to fruit and veg is in the supermarket model, they learn from a very early age of, of perfection too, right. and they see that as normal. So I think one of the things that we notice with the urban co-op as well, because the fruit and veg is, is out there and it's open, that the children are exposed at an early age to like different sizes and shapes of vegetables. And so like they internalize yeah. that as being their normal again, which is all part of the education as well. Yeah. Uh, the other um, question, uh, Kevin, is you know, if we were not going for this high production model that we see not just here in Ireland but you know many parts of the world would we have a difficulty feeding the population of the globe absolutely not um, most of the most of the if you think of soybean production that goes into dairy production that that's from Brazil and Argentina and that's imported into Ireland and used as a feedstock so we're feeding animals really that's what we're doing and we're producing a huge amount of dairy which is basically baby powder for China. Um, if you look at it in terms of uh, efficient use of land space, if that's what you mean, smaller farms are way more, are far more, far, far more productive because we use and utilize every single inch of square land. If you've got a land, if you've got 300 acres, it's very hard to be highly efficient on that piece of land. The, the variables are just too large. And if you take it back to, we'll say, Paris in the, the 19th century, the, the suburbs of Paris all fed, they were all market gardens and they fed Paris City. So it was a closed-loop system. So you had horses and carts, and all the ca- horse dung that came out of the out of the city was brought to the suburbs, and that was used as compost and composted down to produce high, really high-quality vegetables, which were then sent back into the into the city. Now, over in the 1950s and 1960s, you had a greater expansion of urbanization and, uh, I suppose, suburbia per se, and those market gardens were were sold to developers. However, the model is there. It's something we've done for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's it, This is not a new thing. It's just something we've lost because modernity, I suppose, has taken over and that 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 disruption between supermarkets and mass production um, has led the smaller farmer being kind of eat, uh, petered out to a certain degree. Right, right. Okay, okay. Well, listen, thank you. It's a really interesting conversation this morning. I'd be fascinated to see when you are shopping... Do you take account of it? Do you even realise that you take account of the shade vegetables? Uh, thank you to Kevin Wallace of New Leaf Urban Farmers and Anne Maher, Managing Director of the Urban Co-op Limerick. Your views, your news, your Limerick today with Joe Nash on Live 95.